from Matthew's uh, account. Matthew, I think it's chapter 2. And there's such a lot of that story that, that we'd, we'd need a nativity time to tell it, and the children included. Um, but the part I want to talk to you about is, is about the wise men uh, who come and uh, sort of part of this story. Amen. <laughs> the thing is, with regarding to the wise men, there's been a lot of questions over the years. Um, were they called wise men? Were they called kings? Was the three of them? When did they actually come? So part of those answers, hopefully, I will um, be able to reveal to you this morning. Um, did I say Matthew? I did. Well, sorry, I'm in Malachi. That's probably it's not. Why, probably why I'm not reading. <laughs> I'm thinking that doesn't sound right. There we go. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Hang on a minute. Jesus is already born. After Jesus is born in Bethlehem in Judea. Then the wise men begin to look for him. So this is not, he's not going to, they're not going to turn up at the stable. Let me just put that to you, right? But that can be seen even from this first verse that Jesus is already born and the wise men have found out about it. And so this is what begins to happen in the story. It says, um, so yeah, behold, they came from east to Jerusalem saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him. Now again, this is another thing that we never really say anything about, but we're not into all this astrology and astronomy and all of that stuff. But it's a big part of Jesus' story at Christmas. And so we're saying, even, so we're supposed to be having this part of our Christian life, you know. It's in the stars, you know. We're not really supposed to have all that. But it's in his story. So I'm not saying that to um, encourage this, but I'm trying to say to you is a, a really simple thing is God can use anything to glorify his son, to, to meet the needs of people. Even things that we think we shouldn't have anything to do with can still be a, a way God blesses us. There's a great verse that says that um, God turns all things together for good to those that love him. So even out of difficult, bad situations, even bad relationships, somehow God can, can turn up and bring blessing. There's someone, I want to welcome them in, so that's fine. It's okay. Uh, when, so verse 3 says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Now that seems to give us a bit of a like, is this before he was born now? But it, it's more to do with, there would have been some indication of where he was going to be born. Can you tell me about it? So, so they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. 
Then Herod, when he had secretly called these wise men, who were looking, by the way, for Jesus, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you've found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. That's not his plan. If you hadn't known, Herod was a little bit schemier than that. So he's kind of saying, I'll come and worship him, because he actually wants to get rid of him. He wants to kill Jesus. He doesn't want this king of the Jews being born, but he confides in the wise men. And here's the thing, the wise men are going to do it. They're the hit men sent before. You re will realize in a minute they get warned in a dream not to do it. But until they were warned in a dream, they were going to do it. They were on the way. And that's what I was saying earlier. Maybe there's stuff that seems to be coming into your life that's not good and it seems like it's got a bad purpose to it. And God can just change it. God can change it. So when, when they heard the king, they departed and behold the star which they had seen in the far in the east went before them till it came and stood out where the young child was. When they saw the star, you see, even, even God, I love that, even God in all that is going, he's sending hitmen. Let's, let's send the star somewhere else. You know, it's like simple. Let's send the star somewhere else. Get them all lost and confused, you know. But he doesn't. He sticks with his plan. This is my son. I love him and I can take care of him. Um, okay. So they went and followed it till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they came into the house, second bit of evidence that he's not in the stable anymore. We don't really know how old he is at this point, to be fair, either. But there's something coming else up in a minute that might give us a clue towards that. So I'm sorry, I'm not missing to burst the bubble of the nativity scene <laughs> we'll, we'll still remain with that nativity scene because it's beautiful but for us older ones maybe there's some evidence that things happened at a different timetable when they came to the house they saw the young child with mary and his mother and fell down and worshiped him and when they'd opened their treasures they presented gifts to him gold frankincense and myrrh then being divinely Warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. So that's, and then you go on and read somewhere that uh, Herod was not happy about this, and he asked for all the children under the age of two to be killed. So maybe Jesus is somewhere between the age of born and two when this has happened, because otherwise he'd have said, just kill all the babies. Or anybody below one. So we don't know, but I'm just saying there are a lot of things in this scripture that begin to give us some insights. So the, the reason I wanted to sort of bring in the wise men part of it, and particularly the idea that they might not have been on the kind of journey of, of goodness that, that we kind of see, but they did bring presents of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Anybody have gold this morning? Maybe somebody had a gold watch. Now, don't you, you know, if you do and you put your hand up, <laughs> that's okay. That's really okay. But I, I don't even think it was a gold watch. I think this poor 
family, whoever they, you know, Mary and Joseph, probably had their life made in terms of being looked after financially. So the point, I guess, here is, <clears throat> and I've, I've entitled my message, The Camels Are Coming, because the idea is it doesn't matter when this happens really in the story, they're on the way. And, you know, we're in a story, all of us are in a story, and we might be in the stable part of the story, the poor part of the story, the, the place, look at Joseph and Mary, the place of shame because she's pregnant before she's married. That, even in my history past, going back all those hundred years that I've been around, you know, go back 50 years, and that was a shameful thing to have been found pregnant without... You know, so go back to Jesus' time, and it was just as bad then. And, and even it says it in the Bible, you know, that they, they were embarrassed about it. They were ashamed about it. So, you know, we can go to any point in their story, whether it's the part where they're poor, the part where they're ashamed, the part where things aren't going the way they'd planned, and the camels are still coming. And that's the thing for us. It doesn't matter where we are in our journey and in our place of... Um, you know, feeling secure, feeling insecure, feeling the camels are coming and they're bringing something that we need, bringing something that's important to our life. So, um, they were not in a perfect situation and maybe that's the state for some people who might be listening even on um, Facebook this morning. It's not as we planned it. You know, Christmas is never as you planned it anyway, is it really? You know, to sort of leave the birth of Jesus bit aside for a moment. Even our own Christmases are never quite as they get planned. You know, we've got some wonderful memories of Christmas. And I, I like to try and remember those. But there's been some not so wonderful ones, you know, where things didn't work out and cooking went wrong or this went wrong or that went wrong. I even remember as a child, my mum and dad buying us and if they're listening, they're probably going to say to me when I see them, it wasn't this, it wasn't then, and it wasn't that. But anyway, this is what I can remember. <laughs> that my brother and I had, had been bought a, a toy, and the toy was a cannon, and you're supposed to assemble it, and this cannon worked. You know, it, it was like a, a toy one, obviously, but it was worked. And I, I guess for my mum and dad, thinking back to that sort of time, that was quite a lot of money. And the postman came to deliver it and couldn't find us. Threw it over the back wall and they were both broke. So we never got them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so we never got them. You know, and despite, I can remember all the wonderful things that have ever happened. Do you know the bad ones? You still remember them, don't you? You know, the things that didn't quite work out the way you expected it. And for Mary and Joseph, I don't think this is how they'd planned it, you know. We fell in love, we'll, we'll get married, we'll have children, it'll be wonderful. What do you think, Mary? Well, we're a bit late on the child thing. <laughs> sort of, I don't know how this, but, you know, this angel came and, and you know, here we are. And Oh, okay, well, we better and end up in, in a stable. It's all not as they planned it, I'm sure not in the safety of their own home. And I guess that lots of people are probably not in life as they planned it. We can get out of step in limbo, between situations. 
it's, you know, if you're a Christian watching it, you might be one of these who've kind of, you feel God's told you lots of things and he's blessed you and all of that, but it's like you're in the in-between bit. I remember as a child always, always being told about Daniel and David and, and Moses and, you know, they were all the, what we call the greats of the Old Testament and dare to be a Daniel, you know. Only a boy called David, you know, we could, we could be all these great characters of the Bible. And I remember when I actually grew up and, didn't, and wasn't like a child, and Paul says, when I was a child, I behaved as a child, I thought as a child. Well, when you're an adult, you're supposed to give that up. Well, we still do it a bit, don't we? But anyway, I, I realized very, very, you know, in my sort of middle 20s, 30s sort of thing, I'm probably more of one of the scared army who was scared of Goliath than I was the David who could take him on. You know, we always t tell our children it's right to do it, and here I am spoiling another <laughs> sort of dream and vision, you know. But Jesus loved all of his people, not just the ones who got used. In fact, the ones who he got used was to bless his people who he loved. And, and we might all not always be the, the giants, the, the great, the prophets, the Isaiahs, the this, the that. We might just be the people. You know, we might be those on the journey. We might be in the boat, not at the other side yet. You know, we always imagine being there doing the miracles. We don't imagine ourselves being in the bit that's in between, you know. There's a lot of time in between the verses that we have in our Bible. And that, um, it covers a three-year period, but there's a lot of stuff happens in that three-year period. But there's a lot of stuff that's not written in that three-year period that happened too, you know? And we might not be in the scene that is, you know, I, I've seen so many people blessed and healed and set free and saved and encouraged and restored some incredible things have happened to a lot of people over many, many years that I've seen in my ministry. But before that happened to them, the before bit, the camels were coming. The blessing was on its way. The healing was on its way. The salvation was on its way. The camels were coming. But when, you're not, when the camels aren't there, it's that sense of, where are, what is happening around us? I mean, that's exactly what it was for the disciples in the boat. He'd said, we're going to the other side. And for him, that was enough. But they were in the storm. And it's like some people may be in that in-between period. The camels are coming, but they've not arrived yet. Mary and Joseph both had words, promises, assurances but then they're forced out of home. They have to travel while pregnant. They stay in a stable. It's like, it's not how we saw it. But they'd had so many promises around it. And maybe that's what it is for some people. God has said so many encouraging and blessed things to you. There's a verse that's been going around for the last 10 years that everybody uses. And you know if anybody's going to prophesy over your life, nine times out of 10, they'll prophesy this verse over you. And so I wonder if it's a prophetic word or if it's just a word we all like saying, you know? The one that says, um, I have plans for you, plans to do you good and give you a future. Is it, is it Chronicles or something like that? 
Jeremiah, right? You know, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and to do you good. And how many people have had that word promised over them and it's not happened? Now, that's not a criticism because the camels are coming. And sometimes this happens to us that God will say something to us that some part of our life, something he's kind of said, I have it sorted. It's like you're pregnant, it's not going to work out the way you think it is, but I've got it sorted. How can we bring up a child? We're poor, we haven't got anything. I've got it sorted. The camels are on the way, but you've got to just step into and be in the situation sometimes. The man who, who was at the, um, the pool of Bethesda, and it says he's been there many years. Well, even in his first day that he got there, the camel was coming. Sorry, Jesus. Jesus was the camel who came and brought him his healing. But the first day he was there, that was already planned. And he's there for 20, 30 years, whatever it is. He's there a long period of time. And sometimes we're in that situation where everything is supposed to be instant now, fix it now. But that's why I said this story of Jesus isn't all in a stable, all happening at one place. It's over a period of time. And that may be how God is planning and, and, and reshaping and restoring your life over a period of time. But you want it one place, in a stable, now get it sorted. Baby born, rich, blessed, bring all the kids, bring everything in, you know, food, sheep, that's it, bring them all in. Oh, now we can, we're all sorted. The baby's born, Messiah's here, gold is here, frankincense is here, and it wasn't like that. And it may not be like that for you. It might be just that you're in that time of waiting. Whatever their situation was, we know the camels were on the way. They brought him gold. And, and I don't know, I've tried to look this up in lots of places. And, well, Google, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> how much gold was it, you know? A gold coin, you know. Maybe it was a fake one off a Christmas tree. No, I doubt if it was that. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate covered gold. No, no. Um, no, I don't know. There are kings or wise men from the East, and they're bringing gold to a child, to a family. I don't think it's just a small amount. I think it's probably some real wealth to their life. And I think that God has not just, sometimes we think, well, Lord, if you just change things a little bit, I don't think he's just in the purpose of changing things, making things a little bit better. Like I said, what was happening to them was not expected, wasn't even requested they hadn't seen what was coming. It wasn't even on their ra radar. But look at a couple of verses I'd like to begin to draw this to a close. Luke 6, verse 38. Luke 6, verse 38. It says, give and it shall be given to you. I'm waiting for it to come from the screen because I haven't put all the verse down on here. There it is. Give and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your lap for the same measure which you measure it will be measured back to you there's something i'm going to reveal in these scriptures about 
what's coming in the camels. Camels are bringing something. But it's not going to be just, you know, a chocolate coin covered in gold. It's something much more than that. In fact, there it says it'll be so much that it'll be running over. Philippians 4, verse 19. These are verses that we've quoted many times over the years, but I'm linking them all to the camels are coming. It's what is in God's heart. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I remember speaking on this verse many, many years ago. Because we've put it up in the King James Version, or well, the New King James Version, you can see it says, My God shall supply all your need, singular. Lots of other translations have put that to a plural thing. My God shall supply all your needs. And I don't think that that's wrong to say that. I don't think it's wrong to say he can supply all your needs. The camels are coming, right? But I do think it's right to tell you that it was originally singular, that we have one single need, and one single need we have is to know him who loves us and to be in a relationship with him who died for us. That's the real need that we have. And in that relationship, all of the other things that we need are found in him. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Ephesians 3, 20. Um, says something like, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Well, you know what? He, he is. He's able to do more than you could ever dream about. But I bring you back to, you want it all in the stable right now. He's able to do all of that, but he has a timing of it. And that's where we come unstuck. That's where we often get that sense of, well, where are you? Well, two years later, the camels are coming, if we want to take the two-year period, right? The camels were coming two years later with an incredible amount of blessing for Jesus and his family. But it didn't come at the stable. Sorry, nativity ists. <laughs> and that might be it for us that my God can supply everything but it's on a camel on its way <laughs> so if somebody arrives at your door on a camel this afternoon that'll just be the most ridiculous thing but anyway let's just leave that to us sorry <laughs> you're going you're to get home now and going to look at all your cards and suddenly realise every one of them's got a camel on it well, that might be because it's Christmas as well, you know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> 2 Peter 1, verse 3. <laughs> yeah. You know, when Jesus was, uh, he came into the room with the disciples, did you know that? More than once, but he came into the room with the disciples and he left the door open. One of the disciples says, was you born in a barn? Anyway, he said, yes. Sorry. <laughs> 2 Peter 1, 3. <laughs> His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Can you go back to verse 2 for me, Nick? 
Okay, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Both, both and then back to verse 3. He's, his divine power has given all things we need to pertain to life. There's always a connection between us, what we know of him, and what we get from him. There's always a connection with it. In the knowledge of him, it uses that phrase a lot, but it uses it a lot when it's connected with what God has for us. And that brings me back to that same point that our basic need is that we have a knowledge of him, that we know him, that we are... The, the verse that I've, I've used many, many times um, is... Uh, all of The Bible says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I've often said this in, in, in here. In, in the Old Testament, the word glory always meant presence. But for some reason, when we get to New Testament and we get to the theology of the New Testament, we kind of translate that, translate that to mean behavior. We've fallen short of the standard of behavior and of character that God wanted us to be. And, and that is true. We are and we have. But what if really what he was saying was what we've fallen short of is the presence of God. The very thing that can shape our character, the very thing that can enhance our behavior and, and, and guide us in the right way, what we've fallen short of is knowing him. And that's what I see in this verse, that everything we need, is divine power is given all we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So the message I'm going to leave you with this Christmas is, no matter how uncertain your life or circumstances are, the camels are coming. Heaven's provision is on its way. Whether that's health, safety, security, restoration, whatever it is, the camels are on the way. It might not come along with everything else that's happened in your life at the time that you expect it, the time that you want it. It might come at a great time in your life. It might come at a dark time in your life. It might come at a time when you've forgotten that you think that the blessing is over. You know, Mary and Joseph are told, you're going to have a baby, he's going to be named Jesus, he's going to be the saviour of the world. And then what happened next wasn't on their horizon. They end up in a stable, the baby's born, shepherds come along and they're going, what? how did you know about this baby being born? These big angels? It's interesting that the angels came to Mary to encourage her and say, a child is going to be born within you. Now, this is, this is lovely. And Joseph had a visitation from an angel. But when they're giving birth, where are the angels? Nowhere near. It's like, that's just the time you need them, you know. <laughs> that's when they've got to rely on the promise. That's when they've got to rely on the words that were sent by them angels. But there they are, in that situation. And they think, the baby's born, we've got to leave here now, and go somewhere else. We can't go back home. We've got to go somewhere else. So they end up going to Egypt, right? Their plans, all out the window, we're on our way. But even if you're accepting that the Bible might be telling you that the journey is slightly different to what we do as a nativity, 
a year later, two years later, six months later, eight, who cares when it is? That story's not ended. The camels were still coming. The star was still being used by God to bring gold to this family, to bring frankincense. God doesn't come at our best time of arrival. I've, I've, I've flown many times from Birmingham Airport. Flights delayed. Flights on time, nearly late. <laughs> Getting through the customs and whatever else that you have to do. But you're, you're, you're watching on the screen all the time, you know, waiting for it to say, arrived, go to gate number 23, you know. And it's, it's, we're all sat there. Nice and relaxed, aren't we? I'm a bit, a bit. Gate open. It's like a herd of cattle or sheep. You know, whoa. And it, but you all know, you all know, you're going to get to that place and sit there for another half an hour. But like, it's like we've got to get from here to there, like as if, you know, we're in a, mar- a race, you know, 100-yard sprint or something. And we're knocking kids over and everything on the way. You know, that's what happens anyway. And you get there and it's like, hmm, you're waiting again. What is your perceived time of arrival for the camels? Or can you just live with and accept that this story is to tell us this Christmas? The camels came, you know. Doesn't matter what part of that timing it was in there, they came. And yours are on the way. So thanks very much for listening this morning. Um, maybe a bit longer than I intended, but that's, that's okay. Uh, bless you and have a wonderful day. Enjoy your food, enjoy your fun, enjoy your family. God bless you all. Take care.